This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 320, follow-up success with Stop Smoking Hypnosis. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. So it's a bit of a funny story before I get into the content for this week's specific episode that the story goes back to the time frame in the early 2000s when I was working in professional theater. And the situation, the lesson that I learned the hard way was don't you dare ever go into a dressing room and make the statement, hey, just want to make sure everything's okay, because then they respond, why? What's going on? So I bring this up because it was just recently inside of our, I think it was inside of the Hypnotic Workers private community. That's for the people who have gone through the Hypnotic Workers program, or even the people who go through Work Smart Hypnosis Live and online, which includes access to Hypnotic Workers. The question was, how do you follow up with your stop smoking clients? And understand this is an important topic to be addressed here because, well, first of all, it's always great to check your work. You know, do not fall prey to the game of assumption, as in, well, I didn't hear back from them, it must have worked. Because chances are, sometimes you've bought or paid for things that didn't go so well, and it just wasn't worth the effort to go and complain. You know, you stayed in the hotel that was good enough, you probably didn't leave the review. You went for some sort of service, and just because it wasn't the type of thing you would normally leave a review for. So the fact is that just because someone doesn't follow up, doesn't mean it worked or it didn't work. So we want to be able to check our work. But again, the downfall would be the pattern of, I want to make sure you're doing all right, because that would often inspire the fear of, why did you think it wouldn't actually work for me? And again, lesson learned with the metaphor back to my job in theater, because, and let me call out this while I jokingly pat myself on the back in the preamble here, doing theater in the Washington, D.C. metro area, we would have to let the actors know ahead of time if there were VIPs in the audience. And I could drop some serious names of actors, celebrities, politicians, presidents we managed to have in the audience at times and be able to keep the actors chill about what was going on. There was always a fun fact of, hey, the director's in town and he'll give notes. And the premise that our theater was, first drink at the bars on the director. <laughs> so I bring this up because the question popped up recently. How do you do that follow-up? And there's some little finessments that I've made to this over the years, and let me set the stage for this. I am sitting right now in a rental in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. We haven't yet bought where we're eventually going to land, because we're still figuring that out. In about 12 days of the time of this recording, we'll land in Clearwater, Florida, where we're then going to spend some time on the West Coast, and then likely bouncing back over here around Orlando to buy. My business right now, in terms of my clients, I've still been seeing about three to five stop smoking clients a week. So this is still a big part of what I'm currently doing. And I want you to hear this filter before you hear any of the content here, which this is a filter with bigger ramifications, which is a fun word and a whole bunch of points in Scrabble. But there's serious real-world ramifications of this, which would be the fact that this is the stuff I'm actually doing with my clients right now. No theories, no pipe dreams, because guessing sucks. What you're about to hear is the exact method that I'm continuously using with my clients that allows me to do the follow-up in a high-impact way and create stronger results, if not further reinforce their results. So I want you to have that filter in place. 
because some parts of this may seem, I wouldn't say controversial, we're not going there this week, usually we do. Instead, some of it is a bit provocative. Some of it you will have to adapt to your own delivery, your own demeanor in terms of telling stories and anecdotes, and, you know, always make sure they're true for you. But it's a way of metaphorically shining the spotlight of change in a rather unique place. Which is another preamble here. Do not make the mistake of assuming this is only a stop smoking technique. No. We can use this for basically anything, and that's kind of the focus of what I share inside of Work Smart Hypnosis Live. This is my live and online hypnosis certification training, where I'll mention about half of the people who go through the event are brand new to hypnosis, and this is their first soiree into the hypnotic world. The other half of people are probably like many of the people watching me on real time on a Facebook Live right now, who already have what would appear to be significant training, but you're not yet getting the results you feel you ought to be getting. Either it's that, or you feel stuck inside of rigid protocols or scripted techniques, and you're not yet confident with how to artistically customize on the fly to the person in front of you and get the best of results. If I've described you in either way, check out WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. We've got one coming up in June of 2021. If you're listening after the fact, we always have one coming up soon. Though the one in June, I'm sharing the stage once again with Richard Nongard. So my work smart principles, as well as his approach to an evidence-based strategy of change. We sell these out classically about a month in advance. So check out WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. And with that, here we go. Let's jump directly into this week's episode, session number 320, follow-up success for, with Stop Smoking Hypnosis. All right, so let's get started. There's a principle that I teach over on the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast inside of my influence training that I offer, which is this is the number one rule of influential communication. Something that's explained in advance is education. Something that's explained after the fact is an excuse. People lean in for education. People lean back from offers. The moment you understand these, the moment you understand how to hit emotional components of decisions, you now know how to motivate change. There's a massive overview of the entire world now, isn't it? So as we're talking about following up with stop smoking, some of the answer to what I'm about to share here would be the fact that sales 101 satisfy objections before they arise, which yes, I talk very often in sales and business metaphors because the same methods we would use with our clients turn out to be the same methods we could use toward business as well. We're always motivating toward a change. We're always motivating toward the next step. And whether it's the client producing an outcome or it's someone pulling out the credit card and making a buying decision, the journeys are almost identical. And once you understand the two, everything gets better along your journey as an entrepreneur, as a hypnotic practitioner. So as I mentioned in the intro a few moments ago, the question was, how do you follow up with your stop smoking clients? And someone in the group did respond that they have an automated email campaign that follows up on this date and that date, and this date, and I'd say that's great. And I think to best explain this, I need to set the entire stage for how this plays out, which I want you to hear right now. I am seeing these clients at a premium rate, and I'm doing this from a corner of a bedroom. My laptop is on an end table. I bought a squeaky folding chair from Amazon, which I need to replace in the next rental, and my microphone is on a boom stand, and that's it. You know, so from the guy who basically invested in a $200,000 office to have when I was in Virginia, which is now just a rental property. I'm running the same business right now 
with the lowest of tech possible and still getting the same results. So for any of you out there, follow the story of what I've been up to because I keep meeting people who are in that just getting ready to launch kind of mindset. And right now I'm making this work on an end table in a rental. Hypnosis anywhere. Am I right? So when you satisfy the concern in advance, you've now inoculated a future problem. That's one element of the framework we're about to build here. The same way that in a previous podcast episode, which if you're on the Work Smart Hypnosis website, in the top left, there's a search bar. And if you type in, I think it's conversation, uh, waking suggestion for stop smoking, just do a search up there for stop smoking. You'll find a much earlier podcast episode where I give one part of this sort of a solution here, but this is new. And even those of you in my communities, you haven't heard this yet, so... Uh, good times to be had. So one part of that other piece of content you can listen to, which mind you, I will actually look it up for you while we're on here together because I have the website already open. Previous podcast episode, continue listening to this one, but then go back and listen to this other one. Episode number nine. Wow, that goes back. August 4th, 2014. Been at this for a while. Episode number nine was waking hypnosis for stop smoking clients. I will share with you there's one nuance of that recording, which is all about the theme of things we can say in advance of the session that build a mindset towards success. Basically, one being, there's basically three ways that I get different feedback. One group of people, it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Another group of people, there's maybe the habit of the habit. The third is that there's a brief challenge, but here's what you do and you're fine. So the nuance to this is I set a bit of a listing pattern, a menu, as to you may notice one of these three results, but notice they were all successful. That being said, everything is subjective, so it's your responsibility to let me know which one you're already inside of. There you go. Which what this did was it drove people, and go back and listen to that episode number nine on this after you listen to this one. What this did was it directed people to focus on what category of change they were. We were no longer binary, yes or no. It was either instead, which group am I now inside of? So that's one element of this. So one of those nuances is the second group, the habit of the habit, which is where, you know, I always tell the story of here's this woman that I worked with in Virginia, that she's driving around a part of Winchester, Virginia, which is more rural, and she hits this stoplight. It's this old-style stoplight. And she's fishing around the center console of her car looking for a cigarette, at which point she burst out laughing because she had seen me six months prior, had not smoked since. So just out of the association of that one intersection where the, the light's on a timer rather than a sensor, she's fishing, fishing, and she's like, I knew I wouldn't have smoked, but it was funny that I was still doing it in terms of reaching for something that wasn't there anymore. You know, my personal story is that right after my son was born, I went off and had the laser eye surgery. And for like the first three weeks, crying baby down the hall, and I'm reaching to the end table looking for glasses. And my wife would typically say two statements. One, you can see now. And two, it's your turn tonight. So laugh at the moment and move on. Now, as an expectation, this is what's new, by the way. I collect these moments. This is one of my favorite things because yes, I love the feedback that this thing is going great. I love the feedback that I got into running and I did a half marathon. I love that, but I will tell you the ultra specific feedback is the one that I love. You know, something very obscure and something very specific, which I wish I was clever enough to make us some of these stories. Different category. I had a guy who came in for weight loss one time. And like we worked together for quite some time. And I mean, he dropped 40 pounds, which 
he was about my height. So that was pretty significant. And like, he knew some of my personal stories. So like towards the end of our sessions, he uh, says, can I ask you a personal question? And I'm assuming maybe he wants to find out like, what specifically did I do to lose the weight when I lost mine? We had talked strength training at one point and like, I didn't cross a professional barrier. I just simply said, oh, here are the names of some good books you might look into and see where you want to go with that if that's something that you're interested in. You know, here's one that I love, and I love it not just because the guy wrote a blurb in the back of my book, but Bigger, Leaner, Stronger is one of the best books in that world if you want to learn that. So when he says, can I ask you a personal question, I'm thinking it's like something about me. I wish. No, he goes, I've been spending a lot of time in the shower. Okay. He goes, no, 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 nothing weird or nothing, but like, I'm in the shower for an extra 10 minutes because now that I've lost the weight, I am just fascinated with how my body feels differently than it did before. Like when I'm washing my leg, I can feel my fingertips around the other side of my leg. I've never been able to do that around my leg. Like washing my back, the the bulge, that's why I used to never wear t-shirts is gone now. It's just smooth. And then for those of you listening to me right now, he starts making a gesture inches away from his chest in like a circular pattern. And he locks eye contact with me. And he goes, you know, the biggest thing is the man boobs are gone now. Do you hear that often? And I have to respond. That's the creepiest thing someone has ever asked me. Please stop staring and making eye contact with me. But congratulations. I know where you're coming from on that. Enjoy it. (laughs) We had the rapport that I could poke fun of him that way. So I bring this up, which is exactly the reference you all expected here today on an episode about stop smoking hypnosis. I bring that up because the more oddly specific the feedback, and and trust me, you can't weird me out now because I've heard everything. Here's the person that going to the bathroom was easier. Here's the person who, you know, so what you're hearing right now are some of the stories that I will drop conversationally during either the sales consult or in conversation during the appointment. Now, this is the pre-frame. I am setting an expectation for oddly specific change. I want to pause here for a second, and I want to highlight exactly what's going on here. If you change the direction of the spotlight as to where you focus your suggestions, the stuff that would have to happen for that oddly specific suggestion to occur becomes what we like to call in hypnosis a presupposition. So when I say during the fifth class, for those of you inside of Work Smart Hypnosis Live, that's where we start to troubleshoot specific client problems like someone mentioned about someone who went back to smoking. Which inside of that presupposition would be the assumption that, well, sign up for the class and that's when we discuss that. Which, again, I want you to hear this. When you metaphorically shine the spotlight of change to an oddly specific place, it presumes everything else that had to have happened will happen. Do you want another example of this? I ask you rhetorically, for the most part, because you're going to be listening to the podcast, though we have a massive audience watching me do this one live. I think it was the man boob story. It was instead the place that if your weight loss client, you know, we all know the eat slower, taste the food more patter. And I'll just call it out. Part of what I do is directly modeled from Roy Hunter's Art of Hypnotherapy, his benefits approach. You find yourself eating slower, tasting the food more. That's pointing the spotlight of the change on the action. My suggestion to you is point the suggestion for the change on what needs to happen after that. Now, not an action the client is taking, but listen to what's different with this. And as you're there, you know, being drawn to the appropriate foods in the right portions, eating slowly to taste your food even more, be there in that moment now, 
where it's as if you can feel the exact changes on a microscopic level as to how your body is responding differently to the different food choices. As if you can feel the lean, healthy proteins breaking down and becoming the building blocks of your body. As if you can feel the appropriate healthy fats becoming the hormonal balance of your body. As you feel what's different now, I love an ambiguous suggestion, as you feel what's different now, applying to your body making use of the nutrients, the vegetables, the appropriate sources of the building blocks of your body, you find yourself becoming so deeply fascinated with how your body absorbs this nutrition. Reverse engineer, to be there with that the spotlight, now it means they're doing the other things. The same way that suggesting fascination and curiosity is one of the biggest things I'm doing nowadays because it just works, but now you see where to shine the spotlight differently. The same way that now person wants to get into some style of weightlifting, which I know not to dip into the, oh, here's what I do, do that, because it may not be what's best for them. But the difference is now you find yourself bringing your full focus inside of that range of motion, feeling the contraction of the muscle, feeling the relaxation of the muscle, as if you can imagine the way that your body is making use of all the appropriate nutrition to build that muscle back stronger and more resilient over time. Do you see the formula here? This is what's inside of this. We are pointing that spotlight on the ultra-microscopic specificity of the change, which then builds the presumption that all these other things will be happening. I have to say I've not really heard any other people talk about this. Maybe I'll throw a fancy name on it and claim I invented it. This is just the result of seeing thousands of clients and troubleshooting the fact that it's easier to get someone to stop something. It's, I won't say impossible, but it's a bit more of a challenge to get someone to start something. So if you want to get someone to start something, you change the focal point of where their attention is to what would be happening once they're already inside of it. There you go. How do I get so much stuff done? Because I do this to myself. And I had to reverse engineer it and go, how do we turn this into a process? And someone just said brilliant in the live chat for this, and I can't see your name. And I look forward to seeing who else is brilliant later on. This is gold. Oh, yeah. So again, shine that spotlight somewhere differently. So wait a minute. This is a podcast episode about increasing the success of your follow-up with Stop Smoking Clients. This is the whole work smart principle because... What we're doing is looking at how to universalize a strategy and make it even better, which would be to look at the fact that now if we shine that spotlight of the follow-up on the oddly specific things that they're going to be looking for, do you see how what we're doing here on a personal change aspect is we are bombarding their focus as to where their attention is going to be. This is why, this is not to throw the field of nutritionists under the bus, it's to throw one specific nutritionist under the bus. Like this guy was my client and like, you know, well, what about sweets? He was asked and he responded, kind of like me. I'm really not much of a sweets person. I might just eat the healthier stuff a little too much, you know, but as he said, if I am going to have something sweet, like I'll hit like Whole Foods and buy a really high quality dark chocolate, but like, I'm not going to eat the whole bar in one sitting. I might, you know, let it sit in the freezer or the fridge and break off some over time. To which somehow this nutritionist, air quotes, heard that and berated this man for 30 minutes about how bad the chocolate was for him. And I'm like, how'd that go for you? He goes, when I left, all I could think about was chocolate. So stop suggesting the thing they don't want and start suggesting the thing they do want, which again, let's change their focus. If we don't shine that spotlight in the right place, what happens 
is now they're going, am I smoking here? Am I smoking there? If you change the internal dialogue, which again, you've heard me in a recent episode say, I look at hypnosis now as a process of mutual positive psychological influence in which hypnotic phenomenon may be possible. Do you see how we're finessing their attention? But again, every personal change, all of them, always come down to showing people they have more options and more strategies than they gave themselves credit for. There's every stop smoking, nail biting, procrastination, too much of this, too much of that client. That's the change every single time. That's the story that we're helping to direct inside of their minds. So by shining the spotlight on a different part of the story and letting them become deeply fascinated with that concept of where they're going, do you see how now it becomes easier to build the presupposition that now they're actually doing the thing? So I've hinted earlier at the habit of the habit pattern, which would be that you find yourself being reminded of these old things, and it's not even like you would smoke in those moments. Of course not. It's instead that there's something oddly curious or just unique about that moment. So we've wrapped up the session. I'm doing my post-session follow-up, which those of you in Workers or hypnotic, uh, Work Smart Hypnosis Live, you'll see that there in terms of how I do that follow-up in the last five or six minutes that sets the full expectation to success, ratifies exactly how well they've done. Got to pause there. Anytime someone's doing something new, the dialogue in their brain is, "Do it? did I do that right? You know, if I'm repairing something at home, if I'm trying to fix the um, circuit breaker that keeps popping in this rental house, if I'm working with a personal trainer, if I'm learning a new piece of software, am I doing this right? Your client is always asking themselves, am I doing this right in hypnosis? This is why there's gold in the phrase, that's right, because it helps to satisfy that. So there's a way that I wrap up the first five minutes, the last five minutes after the session, which ratifies exactly how well they've done. And I would say ends the session with a high five, but now that I'm 100% online, ends the session with a virtual high five and a rather enthusiastic thumbs up or a pat yourself on the back. I use that with them too. So this is the frame for this, which by the way, too, after everything else that you may have seen from me. Now, by the way, just so you know, I mentioned earlier this category of habit of the habit, which I'll tell you, a friend of mine, thank you, Sean Michael Andrews, a friend of mine actually at one point said he got tired of seeing stop smoking clients. And it was his wife who goes, you're saving people's lives. And he goes, okay, I'll keep doing it. Which that's a big part of why as much as I'm now working with entrepreneurs and you know business owners with the influence brand of what I do, there's part of a reason why I still love seeing stop smoking and I'm not willing to automate that and I'm not willing to let it go because it just makes me so happy. Yes, I love the stories and you know here I am with the kids and here's the dynamic that we changed. But I'll tell you the part that keeps me going is these again, oddly specific stories that just show how sometimes the littlest of a shift creates the massive benefit. I have to give a disclaimer because you're all hypnotists. Don Motten used to tell a story, which finally happened for me. So now it's my story too. Because I'll tell you, the one that I love the most, this woman called me up three years later. She'd been non-smoking, not smoking for three years. And she goes, I needed to call you up because of that whole habit thing. Which first of all, thank you. You've saved my life. This is amazing. She goes, I have an African gray parrot like the smartest birds in the world, the one that can sing songs and like recite sentences. She goes, I dropped a few years ago, like $5,000 in veterinary bills to try to figure out what was wrong with my bird. Like, did it get like kennel cough, like dogs would get in a kennel? Was it this? Was it that? She goes, and it finally dawned on me in the last six months. Now that I'm not smoking, now I'm not coughing. 
And now my bird isn't coughing either. So my bird was never sick. It was instead that the bird was mimicking me. But when the stimulus was no longer there, the bird stopped doing it. I thought you'd love that. I'm going, I'm going to tell everybody I talk to now. And I do. Another one, I had a guy who was a marathon runner and actually said, you know, in spite of the fact that I run this distance, this frequently, the smoking really hasn't affected me. It was only four months later that he calls me up and he, his intro, mind you, he's okay. But he goes, apparently I was dying. Is everything okay? He goes, no, no. It used to take me three days to recover from a marathon, you know, and the last race that I did, I shaved 20 minutes off of my best time. And like I was active the rest of the day. It used to be daddy's got to lay down now because I ran 26.2 miles. He goes, the kids and I went to the mall that afternoon. And like we did a lap, those of you that know Northern Virginia, Tyson's Corner, we did the entire mall and then even went to a trampoline park the next morning. I could have never done that before. My recovery time is so different. And yes, I've heard a little bit of everything, whether it's going to the bathroom was easier or this intimate moment was easier or, you know, I enjoyed the fact that I was able to put my kids to bed faster because I wasn't rushing to the bathroom to wash my hands. These are those little nuances that just make me keep doing this. So uh, I'm going to call you up. Today's the 8th that I'm recording this. I'm going to call you in only about a week uh, because I want to hear what those specific little odd things are that you're noticing, even if it's the fact that like you've got more cash in your wallet or whatever it is. But what time of day would be good for you to do that call? What have I done now? I have shined the spotlight in a different place because now we are fulfilling. We are bombarding their mind back to the chocolate guy with the nutritionist. My whole first round of change with him was filling the mind abundantly with all the positive choices he could make in the right portions, being drawn to those that again, now as if he could feel the nutrition absorbing into his system, which now I have to tell you what I call that technique in my head, the Popeye method because Popeye would eat the spinach and instantaneously be stronger. I'd go, how do we do that in hypnosis? So stop buying books, start watching cartoons, become a better hypnotist. You're welcome. Uh, so the same idea. And, and again, as I had to ask myself, because over the years, I've played a bit of a survivor game in my business, especially that now the business has grown substantially and seeing individual clients is not clearly the only thing that I do. And the survivor game is I keep going back to one of my main websites and removing categories, you know, to go, I just don't work with that now because, well, I have the clientele that I can focus on what I want. And I, I can now sometimes say to somebody that, you know what, I could help you with that. But because I know the entire industry of my profession, if I had that issue, I would call this person, which means I should give you their phone number. Are you ready to write it down? So I have built things up so that now I can focus on the specific clientele that I want. And, and, and as I asked myself a little while ago, what about the stop smoking people do I love? And, and this is what came to mind. And I found by bringing this level of just nerdy, specific excitement, this level of specificity to something and making that be the focal point of some of those hypnotic suggestions, the results are incredible. The testimonials are rolling in faster and they're having fun with it. You know, any, any humor we can bring to the process. And again, your specific style, your specific style that you've heard the way that I do in the last bit of time we've spent here, you're going to have to modify this for you. You're going to have to make this your own. You may have your own specific stories, or you can say someone who I learned hypnosis from told me this incredible story that was so good. I have to share it with you and now use these for yourself. But the main takeaway of this 
is that if we're shining the spotlight of the follow-up on basically, hey, did it work? You know, and I do have a nuance. Those of you inside of Work Smart Hypnosis Live act surprised when I do this. My bragging rights is that I sometimes will pull out the joke of, wait, this stuff works. <laughs> and almost everyone I've said that to is now a full-time professional, which is a nice little nuance to that. But but there's this aspect of just being surprised by the change. And yes, it's wonderful. I've saved $15,000 by not smoking for five years. Yes, it's wonderful that, you know, this health benefit is there. My doctor cleared me for the surgery. But the fact that, sorry, in the morning when I go pee, it's not cloudy and ugly and it doesn't smell bad. I just realize I'm taking better care of myself. How much more specific can I get here, people? <laughs> not me. I don't smoke. Uh, it worked. No. So by, by focusing that attention, so look at, th this is the whole work smart philosophy. Nobody puts hypnotic techniques in the corner. Thank you, Dirty Dancing. Look at any specific method and look at what I've shared with you. And, and even better, go over to the Work Smart Hypnosis community. That's a free group on Facebook. Go to the show notes eventually and you'll see that there. And I want to hear your commentary on how you might adapt this for other things. You know, the fact that I direct attention in my public speaking clients to the feeling of your own voice resonating in the chamber of your own body. For that to be happening, they're speaking with confidence and using their full voice. What has to happen in the oddly specific nuances of their change? Let me direct the focus there, which then presupposes everything else dominoes for that to occur. This is a big thing that I've put into a change in terms of how I work with people. And I want you to hear the same nuance that maybe you've heard me say before here. I am constantly looking at playful language. How do we go placebo on techniques that actually work? Which the premise is, how do we take methods that actually work from an evidence-based approach to hypnosis and now frame them in a much better way to make them even more effective? That's how we follow up. That's how we create greater results. That's how we create phenomenal shifts that inspire stories and turn your clients into raving fans. Jason Lynette here, and once again, thank you so much for interacting with this program, for sharing this in your social media streams, and of course, leaving your reviews online. We've got a ton of them and would always love some more. Check out the details of this episode. Again, head over to worksmarthypnosis.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And while you're there too, if what I've shared today has resonated with you, be sure to check out worksmarthypnosislive.com. This is now the live and online certification training that I offer qualify as a certified professional hypnotist for those of you that are brand new to all of this, though I will say half of the audience tend to be people who would hear content such as today and realize there's some further nuances, some work smart philosophies that will make your work even more effective. So if you're not yet confident customizing on the fly, if you're stuck inside of rigid protocols or troubleshooting the methods as to what do you do when something's not going right, that really is the sole focus of Work Smart Hypnosis Live and online. Love to have you there. I've got Richard Nongar joining me for the next upcoming event, bringing in his slant of evidence-based hypnosis. And again, lock in your space early because these events do tend to sell out pretty far in advance. We lock them in, practice with people all around the world. And the fact is, as we're so many of us moving our sessions, our services online, it makes sense to learn and practice hypnosis in the platforms you're going to professionally be making use of hypnosis. So check it out and join us for the next event worksmarthypnosislive.com. See you there. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com. 